Happy day. Happy Scorpio full moon, because that's the day I'm recording this. And well, let me tell you, the vibes are immaculate. We just closed the doors on BCCL, which is super exciting. And we invited and invited so in so many people. <laughs> we can't talk. We had so many people join. It's so exciting. If you join PCCL, hi. Can't wait to get to know you better. Can't wait to work with you. And if you didn't, you're like, oh, shit. God damn it. I missed the deadline. It's okay. Don't worry. <laughs> we open the doors to PCCL once a year. And if you're like, then I really want to work with holisticism, um, sign up for our email. Like you should, yeah, sign up for our emails because then you'll know when things open and listen to the podcast, subscribe to the podcast. But also we're going to open the doors to the North Node in a couple of months. Actually, this is the last time we're going to open the doors to the North Node. At first, we're like, putting a we're putting a, a gate like we're not gonna let more people in we're gonna keep we're gonna cap it at a certain number of people so if you want to join the north node or you're thinking about it then that's coming up in the next couple of months so you've got plenty of opportunities this is all i'm trying to say here anyways it's a scorpio full moon vibes are strong vibes are immaculate we're looking good we're feeling fine we are shooting daggers out of our eyes towards our enemies and the people that annoy us and we are taking the people that we enjoy and appreciate and we're asking them to go to the deepest darkest depths of the ocean with us and if they don't drown man are we going to give them such a fun party when we get down there am i right it's a Scorpio, it's a Scorpio vibe. Um, and I think that actually the Scorpio full moon energy, and I have to applaud Wallace for this editorial decision, is such a great time to talk about today's podcast theory theme. <laughs> We're talking about relationships with the whole team, and you're going to get to know us very well. And I want to be honest, I've in, my, in another life, maybe I have a relationship podcast or something or some alternate universe because mm, I think my Pisces is going to show, but I've always been obsessed with love. Like I can't help it. I've love has been, I've had a crush on someone since I was in first grade, like actually, and been in love with someone, not the same person, but I have consistently been in love for my entire life. And that to me was the only reason to like be you know, like to love and be in love and be loved. Like that is what moves me and makes me feel whole is being, being in love or, you know, dance used to do that to me for me too. Dance felt like what love felt like. And I remember going through my first breakup, my first real breakup. And I think I talked a little bit about that, about it in the episode. And I, was so in love with the person I was with and I just remember walking down the street and being like how do people survive how do people survive breakups I'm gonna I'm not gonna live like I'm not going to make it through this how can I just like go check out at the grocery store and buy cereal like how do people not burst into tears everywhere they are how are they not constantly thinking about that one person like, does this ever go away? How how can I breathe, you know? <laughs> I full on just went to a Leanne Rhymes song. And I felt crazy. I felt like I felt like there was something wrong with me that I felt so deeply. And 
that just people could go through breakups and get over it and like not talk about it and just move on with their lives and not be obsessed thinking about the other person constantly blew my mind. And I just, when I went through this really bad breakup, really bad, I just reached, I needed affirmation. I needed like, I needed to hear other people's breakup stories. I actually needed to hear other people's pain to hear that my pain was okay and that like I could hold it and that it didn't make me weird or like I was messed up or or something or or boring, you know, or typical that it made me it made me divine, it made me have a human experience, you know, and that's I think why we're here. Like we're here to feel all the feelings, <laughs> um, not run away from the feelings, I don't think, um, to like feel them to uh, their full dimensionality and breadth and depth. That's a Scorpio talking in me. But when I went through my first breakup, I just like took and binged all this content and I couldn't get enough of it, of of other people going through relationships and breakups and and just hearing about them. And I didn't want to hear about good relationships. I wanted to hear about like the bad stuff. And I didn't feel like I could really, I, I felt boring, you know, like I felt like I, I couldn't talk to my friends about it because they were just like tired of hearing it. And uh, that was a story I was making up. I never get tired of hearing my friends talk about their breakups. Like, I'm like, yeah, let me make some popcorn. Let's talk about how shitty that was or like yeah that that really sucked that you guys aren't together anymore but like let's keep talking about it because I don't know there's just something so cathartic about it and and just hearing what other people go through because a breakup feels so singular I don't know about you but it's when I felt the most alone I mean because it's like you're totally the person you thought knew you best in the world or who who arguably did know you best in the world you don't have them anymore they're not there for you anymore and that feels so scary. <laughs> and sometimes you lose your whole identity when you go through a breakup, right? Like it, maybe you take on your partner's favorite TV shows and places to go to dinner and and places become yours together and and memories become yours together and it feels like maybe you don't even have something that's yours alone. That's really intense. And yeah, breakups are so much and they're also so magical. All of the best things that ever happened to me came out of breakups. Even though I was in so much pain, the most magical and truly my all my spiritual awakenings and all my magical awakenings happened when I went through a breakup. And I'm grateful now for them. <laughs> and I'm I'm actually I was grateful at the time too. I'm glad that they happened because uh, I needed to learn. But we wanted to just record this episode because in case anyone out there is feeling alone, I know that a lot of relationships did not survive the panini. So, um, and I think that that maybe for for good, right? Where we we were really realizing things in 2020 and 2021. Maybe also this will give you some inspiration for what you want in your next relationship. We've got two single people and two people in relationships on the team. Not that you need inspiration, not that we are inspiration, but sometimes it's just nice to hear that you survive. Because <laughs> I was scared. I remember for every breakup I've ever had, I was like, I'm never going to be able to love someone again in the same way. 
I'm never going to be able to love again. Like I'm never going to be able to go as deeply and feel as much. And I guess that's true in some ways. You love in a different way and you, you feel different, but that doesn't mean it's bad. And it doesn't mean it's not as, it does, it's not as soulful and it's not as deep. It's just different. I wish that someone had given me the, the advice when I was like, you know, laying on the floor of my bedroom crying over some guy <laughs> that it was going to be fine and that breakups suck, but breaks, breakups are also kind of awesome. I wish I just heard more people's breakup stories. So anyways, that's this episode. I hope that you enjoy it. Maybe if you're fresh off a breakup, this will make you feel seen and heard. Maybe if you are happily in love, this will bring you back to um, <laughs> to those days where where you were just like, what what is life? What is love? And uh, maybe we'll do an episode about relationships and healthy relationships and who knows? I, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so we'd love to hear from you. Okay. Without further ado, I'm just going to get into the episode. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome to the 12th house podcast. I love all these ladies just laughed at this intro. <laughs> it's great. We are super happy to have you join us here. You're with Janelle, me. And you're with Thais. <laughs> What's up? It's Wallace and Michelle. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome. <laughs> We're talking about breakups today and all of the many things that come along with breakups. How usually breakups tend to be a, a catalyst for an awakening, a deeper understanding of yourself. But I am going through my first breakup ever right now in the middle of it. And I've only just gotten to the part to where I am starting to feel like I have a deeper understanding of myself and mm-hmm. I definitely am reaching new levels of awakening. I'm also still dealing with some anger and resentment still. That's still a very real thing. So yeah, breaking up is not linear. That's the first thing that I'm realizing that mm-hmm. I have really good days and I have days where I, literally he's all I can think about and like the breakup is all I can think about and all the things that could have gone differently. Yeah, that's a very real thing. And there are triggers also. Like, I went to Vegas. You guys, I went to Vegas. I was not hot vaccinated at the time, but I did stay in my hotel room most of the time until we went to Hoover Dam. Um, And I did get tested when I got back, but uh, I'm now vaccinated. Um, But I went to Vegas, so there you go. Judge me all you want. That was very triggering for me because he loved Vegas. Ah. I hate Vegas. It's the worst place in the world for me, but he really loved it. And so being there the whole time, I just kept thinking. Were you afraid you were going to run into him? That was a thought for a second. I don't think that where I was, I would have run into him because he likes to like be in resorts and like other places off the strip. But it, there was a thought of like he could be here, and then it was just like, where is he in the world? And I'm sure he's in LA. So yeah, that's all. <laughs> now I'm feeling really vulnerable about it. But yeah, this, yeah, breakups are hard. They suck. It's interesting when you're like trying to also reclaim spaces that you shared or that remind you of them where you're like oh we went to this place together or that was our thing and then now you have to kind of take back that space for yourself and be like actually I enjoyed it I don't need to leave this city this neighborhood whatever I think that can be really empowering when you do it but very triggering Mm -hmm. at the same time or just asking like do I like this thing? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, that's a big 
thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Is this my thing or is yeah. this like our thing yeah. that I just kind of was okay with because it made the other person happy? Yeah. Totally. Which is a whole other can of worms. It is. <laughs> that, that, that like spans like not even just like places or like activities. Like I figured that out even with marriage for me. Mm-hmm. Like I got to a place where I was like, mm, I don't. I don't know if I'll really get married or I don't think like marriage is for me and you know I think that I'll just like have a partnership for the rest of my life and that may still be the case but it wasn't until after I really kind of got to meditate on what I wanted after the breakup happened that I realized a lot of that was coming from him Mm. and our conversations around marriage Mm. and what I knew like he was expecting and wanted and like his experiences and I thought I feel like I just sort of was fitting myself into that because it felt like it was more comfortable to do so to yeah. do that. Mm-hmm. And not that like I was turning marriage away from myself in that relationship, but I definitely became it became less of a priority to me than I feel like now coming out of it. I'm like, no, I think it would be really nice to get married, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I maybe it won't happen, maybe it won't happen. Maybe I don't sign a, a legal marriage contract, yeah. but like I want a ceremony. I want yeah. a party. I want, yeah. you know, I want all of those things. Mm-hmm. And I just had convinced myself that that wasn't important to me because it wasn't important to my partner because like they had gone through their own they had already gone through all that, you mm-hmm. know? And so yeah, that is that is a whole other conversation. There's a lot of things that I realize I internalize mm. in that relationship that like coming out of it now I'm like, oh wait, no, this is not how I see the world at all, actually. Yeah. You know? That's crazy. It's bizarre. Yeah, picking apart what's yours, what was yours as a couple, and then what is theirs is really I feel like that's a big deconditioning process that you go through so for so many months after, like years after. Mm. Mm-hmm. I have a question though. What's like the longest it feels like for anybody that it's it's felt like it's taken you? I know it's not linear, but I mean like mm-hmm. in terms of like in a general time frame to like get over a relationship or to like get through a relationship breakup. I feel like I might have the most breakups under my belt of people at this table. Oh, <laughs> is it there? There is a like a whole like experience like we all hear. Not that it's a competition <laughs> at all, but I, I ain't trying to rack up my breakup. <laughs> Okay. You know? Okay. And so I, for me, the longest, it takes the longest when it's the most toxic. Mm, mm. Damn. Yeah. That, that's my experience. Yeah. So like. This is my fifth breakup. <laughs> oh! oh! Hey. Wallace is the winner! Oh, hey! The competition. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So I, was just, I was counting and I was like, fuck, I really, I don't think it's more than that, than four, but yeah. Sorry, I agree with you. Yeah, the more toxic, the more difficult. So my, my, the first person I dated, I dated for like five years. Mm -hmm. I lost my virginity to this guy. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. we were in love, and he was a sex addict, and he cheated on me the whole time we were together. (gasps) And we had like built a life together. You know, Mm -hmm. I was so young. It felt like our whole lives were completely intertwined, and totally like codependent we had all the same friends he slept with many of our friends (laughs) finding that out was so it came on the heels of i had a a couple people in my life die at the same time really tragically and then this like big 
breakup situation, right? Where like mm. everything I thought I knew about this person, I thought they would never hurt me. I thought they it was they were I thought it was impossible. Mm. Yeah. And it was totally possible. Like it totally happened. Mm. And that was the hardest for me. I think just because like they were definitely my first love mm. and we had spent so much time together and mm. we'd planned for a future together. Mm-hmm. And because it was so kind of like broken from the beginning, mm. you know? Yeah. So that took a long time to get over. Plus, yeah. I mean, I really learned about grief during that period of my life. Yeah. And I think that that's what a breakup is. It's grieving. Mm-hmm. You're grieving yourself and who you were and how you're never going to be that person again. You're grieving a future that you were holding for yourself. And that that won't be, even if you get back together, it won't be the same. Mm-hmm. And the relationship. I have only pretty much really happy memories from our time together. Mm-hmm. Of course, things were like not that great, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it was I, I'm so grateful for that experience. Mm-hmm. But it took a really long time to get over. Mm-hmm. And then the second worst one was just I dated a narcissist. Oof. And yeah. uh, we weren't even really together for that long. But mm-hmm. it, he like burrowed into my brain mm-hmm. and it was so hard to get over. It, I like had to relearn how to be almost Oof, yeah so that was tough how old were you i was that was right before i met ethan wow mm-hmm. i had basically like sworn off ethan as my partner um and i'd basically been like i'm just gonna run a company and be like a badass witch yeah you know like yeah. i'm will curseman yeah. and yeah. uh <laughs> yes. it'll be great and i'll just like live my i'll be like rich auntie like yeah. that sounds yeah. dope yeah. you know yeah like yeah. kids seem difficult and i love yeah. dogs and i want to <laughs> have like buku cash yeah. and go on vacations yes. yeah yeah and so yeah i think that's where i'm at now <laughs> yeah same. i same. very much identify <laughs> like, like check check yeah. check yeah <laughs> Don't need men. Sounds great. That's so interesting what you said about grief, because it's one thing to grieve someone who's dead, like you understand that. It's another to grieve someone who's still alive. Yeah. Because it's not even the person you, like, you realize that you're grieving. It's, it is, it's the idea. Like you said, sort of like the idea of the future that you held for yourself. Even the idea of the relationship as, like, you saw it and not as it was. Exactly. Which was a big part of my grief, was, like, I really held on to this idea that we had this great relationship where we were communicating so well, and that really wasn't what was happening. And that was hard to let go of that and to realize, oh, that's not the... How do I live in what is? And the moment that I started really living in what is, it was like, okay, maybe this was the right decision, and maybe this was, like, the best thing to do, because that wasn't my reality. What I wanted wasn't what I had. Yeah, I, this is kind of an aside, but I promise it relates. I watched The Sound of Metal, the movie. Oh, God, um, I heard, yeah. Ahmed uh, this weekend, Mm. and it's, without spoiling too much, it's pretty much in the trailer, but he is a metal drummer who loses his hearing and goes deaf, and he, you know, at the beginning and middle of the movie is just refusing to accept his deafness. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he, he just won't believe it. And they depict it so well in his struggle with it. And I just saw, like, myself in so many areas where I just won't accept my reality. Like, you just, you just want to fight it. You're like, oh, if it was only different, if I had only done this, if I could only do this one thing to fix it. Mm. I, I felt like it was so relatable for so many different ways that we just avoid or reject or uh, resist our real, our current reality and how that prevents us from, like, actually stepping forward because he didn't want to learn sign language. He was, mm. like, cutting himself off from people communicating the Mm. only way that he now could 
because he was so stubborn because yeah. he just didn't want to accept it. And I was like, oh, this relates so much to grief and loss in a relationship. Totally. Denial mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. real. And I don't know about you all, but like when I, for many of my breakups, it's really made me question my intuition. Oof. So it's oh like, my God. how could I be so wrong yeah. about this person? How could I picture a future with this person? What, what was... What was I seeing? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. if it wasn't the truth, what was it? And, like, why? And I've asked a lot about that because, yeah, like, I don't know. You don't want to be stupid again and make the same – or at least I'll speak from the eye. I didn't want to be stupid again and make the same mistakes. And, like, right before I met E, I was like, I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm, like, in love again. I'm not going to just, like, mm-hmm. the next person I fall in love with be like, they're my person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, like, take it a little slower. But then I met Ethan, and I was like, oh, my person. Okay. Yeah, cool. <laughs> oh, we're getting married? Okay, cool. Yeah. He's like, meanwhile, he's, like, trying to cock block me, and, like, he's, like, trying to friends on me, and I'm like, no, oh, no, 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 you're going to fall in love with me. Yeah. Trust me. That's amazing. <laughs> be great. That's amazing. That's so beautiful. So in regards to your intuition, what was revealed to you? Uh, that that's... I related a lot to what I see and learn in the Akashic Records with myself and with when I read for other people. It's like, you're not ready. Mm. Like, you're not ready for what it is that you want or, like, you need to learn the lesson this mm-hmm. way. I can tell you that guy ain't for you, mm-hmm. but you're going to have to learn it. Mm-hmm. Like, if someone had told me any of the people I dated, yeah. I, if any of you are listening, sorry. <laughs> uh, like, they were not right for me. Like, it was abundantly clear to everyone around me that those people were not right for me. Mm-hmm. And if anyone had told me, Michelle, you know, I don't really think he's your person. I would have been like, cool, I'm going to double down on this person and date them for like two years longer than I need to. Mm-hmm. Just because that's my personality. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I think that's what the intuition was like. You, you want to learn the hard way? Okay. Yeah. That's fine. We so it was. Right. So would you say it wasn't your intuition then that was saying this is your like? Was that more you? So then the intuition you weren't really listening to it. I think it was a combination of both of like wanting it to be right and wanting to be done, like wanting to be done with that quest of like mm-hmm. finding a person, mm-hmm. and also our realities are constantly shifting and changing. Mm-hmm. Like our destiny, mm-hmm. we get to choose our destiny, and we're on a trajectory. And so if we pivot our trajectory, like we pivot the out, we, we can, you know, find a new outcome. We can Mm -hmm. pick a new outcome Mm -hmm. for ourselves. I will say like, every time I think that you heal yourself or you work on yourself, you're changing the outcome. Mm -hmm. Like you're for, I think most of the time for the better. Mm -hmm. And so every, I feel feel like every time I did work within a relationship on myself, Mm -hmm that almost made me, like, grow out of the relationship. Because it was like, you leveled up, dude. Mm. This ain't for you anymore. Like, you're not going to just, like, go marry this dude and live in Orange County. and mm-hmm. Not like, Orange County, sis. Yeah. Not Sorry. Orange County. Uh, no. <laughs> no, no offense, Orange County. But no. Yeah, we're not going out there. <laughs> no. no, baby. Yeah, no shade. Like, no oh, shade. Yeah. Orange County, I always think about Lauren Conrad. Bro, I, yeah, I grew up there. It's my only I grew up there and yeah, I don't I don't think I come off as an Orange County person. Mm-mm, not at all. I think what you're saying makes me think about the idea of relationships also like one of the things I feel like I did in my most recent relationship that ended was I was like, I'm gonna make this work. I'm mm-hmm. gonna change. I'm gonna like manipulate myself into someone that will work with this person so that 
the relationship can work because I don't want it to fail, mm-hmm. right? If I can just act a little bit more like this, right. then it'll work. Mm-hmm. And then I, like, diminish myself right. into, like, you know, a little small version of myself to make someone more comfortable. And it's a fine line between, like, doing work on yourself mm-hmm. because there's genuinely work to yeah. do. Yes. Right? Like, I'm totally codependent. Yeah. I'm totally jealous because yeah. of, like, you know, all my yeah. past history. And um, I shouldn't not try to make that better necessarily but like what is the yeah when are you like actually changing who you are yeah yeah and also I I'm curious how you felt when you met Ethan but this idea of like it should feel light and easy to a certain degree like relationships are not all roses but like it shouldn't feel hard like you're always like in the mud this is the and this, this is yeah. something that i struggle with <laughs> yeah yeah because please. i feel like you talk to people who've been together for a long time everyone's like relationships are, are hard, hard yeah and so when i was in this i was like oh that's just relationships are just hard this mm-hmm. isn't the wrong relationship it's supposed to be hard mm-hmm. yeah so i just like was beating i don't even know what the expression is but i was like but really it, taking it too But far. eventually you mm-hmm. you cross the threshold of like, yeah. you know what? This is too hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So That's you true. figured it out. Yeah. And that could be something for different for each person, right? You're like right. what my threshold is, is was different than what my partner's threshold was. Yeah. I also think just That's on true. the idea of intuition, because part of the thing that I think that happens, and I don't know this to be true, but I'm pulling this out of my own situation, is that... I think our intuition can lead us into spaces where we know we need a lesson, where we know we need um, an experience or something. And it may not be the relationship for us, but for whatever reason, we know that we need that right now. And so I think that's where sort of the combination of that comes in. Because I do do feel like, again, I I had to have had my first relationship at some point. But this one in particular, really, I felt like I grew up really quickly. I knew knew this person for six years. Mm -hmm. But within us actually being in a, we were only actually in a real relationship for a few months. Well, almost a year. And um, within that experience, I've learned how to communicate with someone who doesn't necessarily like want to communicate or know how to communicate. Um, I know how to navigate some, some of those spaces. I've learned how to um, really be honest about what I need yeah. and what I want and like to yeah. not feel shame about that, even mm-hmm. if like the other person is like feeling a way about it. Mm-hmm. I've also learned when to back off and like mm-hmm. when to shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Cause there are definitely times I'm learning in relationships or I learn relationships that like not everything has to be processed. Yeah. Or <laughs> even like, so. like critiqued, right? Like I can be very critical mm-hmm. just like of my, self in general and so I had to learn that like my partner doesn't need because like I felt critiqued a lot in my relationship that's Mm -hmm. the honest truth Mm -hmm. um I had to learn that Mm -hmm. my partner not everything like he doesn't have to do everything that I love like I don't have to love everything that he does in the way that he does it right like some Mm -hmm. things I can just shut the fuck up about and let it be Mm -hmm. and yeah but I I struggled and I've, I've gone all over the place now but I also struggled to find a balance and that as well, because I, go, being that it was my first relationship, felt like I made so many mistakes in the beginning mm. that it felt like it became harder towards the latter half of the relationship to point out when I felt like something was wrong or something was happening on the other side and like, or I was being impacted by something. It became really difficult to do that because, mm-hmm. uh, because I didn't give myself grace. Um, I felt like I had to walk on eggshells because I, I was triggering my partner so much, which I had to come out of that re- realizing that 
those triggers were his. Mm -hmm. And even though he was triggered by those things, he it was his responsibility to take a step back and say, what what's my real issue here? What's what's the trigger really about? And I think what kind of ended up happening was it was more like, I'm triggered, this is your fault, mm -hmm. and you've got to do something to fix it. Mm -hmm. Or you've got to let me like separate myself from you and I'll yeah. fix it on my own, but I'm gonna yeah. be upset about it and then I'll yeah. come back and it'll be fine. But that was a weird, it was always a weird space to be in. Mm -hmm. I well, I have a question <laughs> about that for you feeling like you were walking on eggshells and not giving yourself grace because your partner was triggered. So in relationships, hypothetically, isn't it that we are supposed to have unconditional love within the relationship and therefore when you are being hard on yourself, isn't it your partner's responsibility to give you grace? So... I can only speak for my own personal relationship. We come to find out after we did break up and we actually spent a few therapy sessions together before we completely lost our shit together. In that, those therapy sessions, I discovered that he, he did not subscribe to the idea of unconditional love because of something that we had already been through earlier that year, yeah. which made him feel like un unconditional love didn't really exist, right? That everybody has conditions on love, which mm -hmm. it's true, right? To an extent, I'm not going to... I, I may, and not love, but like everybody has conditions on like the space that they're willing to yeah. stay in, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I love, you know, I will love a man, but if he cheats on me, I'm not going to stay with him. Doesn't mean I don't love him anymore, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to put myself in the position to keep being cheated on, you know? Right. So I was, I definitely was in a space of looking for unconditional love mm. and wanting that. I think he felt like, this, guys, this didn't get really complicated. <laughs> but so, Okay. I mean, if we take it back away from like the specificity of it, like the question still remains. Is it like, can you expect your partner to give you grace and unconditional love or is that asking for too much? Well, I think it's an individual. Like I, I, I think that's a conversation to have, right? Because again, like I discovered, not everybody even subscribes to the idea of unconditional, unconditional love. love. So I think it just depends on where that person's coming from and what their experiences are and relationship and and how they think about it, you know? I, I yeah. agree. And I would it, want that for myself, but yeah. Well, and if you see, and I think this is something I've learned also, I haven't always been good at this in my relationships at all, but in my next relationship, I want it to be a space for healing for both of us. And I don't know how conscious I was of that in a lot of my past relationships, like being able to be there for their stuff mm -hmm. in a way that is creating a container for healing. I don't think I was very conscious of that. I think I thought I was trying to do that. Um, but I think where that comes from is having that grace for myself first and just making more space for that within me before I am with anyone again. And I know you hear that all the time. You have to love yourself. But I think it's like an active an active practice of giving yourself grace every day mm -hmm. and, and what that looks like in the relationship is different for every relationship but I don't think I was conscious of that the way I feel very conscious of it now yeah that's a real that's a real thing to learn just to piggyback off of that because in the beginning that was something that came up for me in my relationship was the idea of calling it safe space of like yeah. having a safe space to land for my partner vice versa mm -hmm. and like I realized that I didn't know how to do that, yeah. at least in a way that like he needed at the time. Mm -hmm. So that took communication and trying to figure out what that looked like. But 
but the reason why part of the reason why it became so difficult for me to do that was because I realized I didn't do that for myself. Mm-hmm. I, again, I didn't really discover toward towards the end that there was a, an, an issue sort of around last year was hard. It was a pandemic. So I went through a lot of depression and he didn't understand that. Mm-hmm. And that scared him. Oh. And that's a part of the reason why he left. Mm-hmm. And so I but I but I also didn't talk to him about it uh, to the extent that what I would explain was I feel stuck. I kept saying through the out the year, I feel stuck. Yeah. And I didn't know how to address it. I didn't know how to be vulnerable about like what I was experiencing and how that was manifesting. And like, so, it, you know, sometimes it would just come out mm-hmm. to him on him mm-hmm. and he would get the brunt of that. And so I would have to correct myself. And, and, but what that was, was I was going through a hard time and I didn't, it wasn't just the fact that I didn't know how to articulate it. I didn't fully feel vulnerable enough or comfortable enough to articulate that. Yeah. I was scared. I was scared that me sharing that would make him see me differently. I was scared that, yeah, that it would just, like, everything would blow up, you know? Um, that he couldn't yeah. hold space for it. Yeah, yeah. 100%. That he and, didn't know how, yeah. And I, I, mean, I don't know about you, but I have depression. And when I was talking about it with Ethan, he's like, he's so bright, shiny, cheery, like, Mm -hmm. so Mr. Sunshine, and I'm like, you know, I've got Scorpio in me, you know, and so when I started saying, you know, depression's kicking today, he's like, oh, you're using the D word, I was like, yeah, depression, like, what do you want me to call it, like, that's what it is, he's like, am I supposed to, like, do anything, like, what do you Mm -hmm. need me to do, and... Mm -hmm. It's hard being on the other side. It's hard for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Because you don't know what you need. There's yeah. like not really anything yeah. anyone can do no. necessarily. Yeah. It's not like no. you can bring someone a cupcake and that cheers them up. It's yeah. it's just like you're bluesy. Yeah. And sometimes you need to sit on the couch and sometimes you just need to be like, shut the fuck up, please don't talk to me. Yeah. Sometimes you need to get laid. Sometimes you just yeah. need to be by yourself. Like you yeah. never know. I think like what I'm hearing is trust. self-trust is more important than like mastering self-love mm-hmm. when yeah. it comes to being in relationship mm-hmm. because like when you can trust yourself mm-hmm. that you've got mm-hmm. your own back and that you like that you're right like you can trust yeah. what's coming up for mm-hmm. you right then you can stand on your in like your in your power mm-hmm. and I feel like we so often say like what you said Wallace that like oh you gotta love yourself first before you can like love other people but I feel like that's such a like weird gatekeep that yeah. you have to per- perfectly yeah. love yourself. It feels yeah. perfectionist. It is. Yeah, it's very it's much like yeah. you can't be in a relationship until you love yourself. Yeah, like, hey, please. I'm not. Yeah. I'm just. I'm still figuring in, that out. Is it coming? Yeah. 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 Truly. What, in a like, pandemic. Plus, we're like changing and evolving and yeah. growing all the time. All so, like, time. who I am. Yeah. Like my self love isn't gonna is it can't be like encapsulated because yeah. I'm changing like mm-hmm. I'm finding new areas of myself to love all the time I'm never gonna like master it mm-hmm. yeah you know yeah hundred percent hundred percent but what about when that self trust like erodes I don't know I have a few questions one is that yeah well I actually I think that self trust and self love go hand in hand mm-hmm. because if you love yourself. Because I love myself, but trusting myself is something that I'm working towards. So is loving myself. I love myself way more than I trust myself. That's Mm. also because I haven't been taught to trust myself. Mm. Um, But you said, oh, eroding. Yeah. And so that's why, personally, for me, I think self-love is the basis. Because it's like, if you love yourself, like, unconditionally, which I do think is possible. I think 
it's just constant work and constant mm. unconditioning. Right. And it's just like, but if you love yourself, I think that you're constantly working to trust yourself. So if you mm. see that not trusting yourself or eroding your self-trust is doing something that's damaging to you, mm-hmm. then personally for me it's like what work do I need to do or what do I need to not do or what is this discomfort I need to sit in to trust myself again because at the end of the day when you break up with somebody you're just left with yourself yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that that was kind of my follow-up question is like if there's I'm sure there are some people who are maybe going through a breakup right now who are listening or just recently have or are maybe in something they're not sure about. Panini breakups. They're real. Panini. Pandemic panini. Oh, oh snap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are breaking up. Oh, I know many women or who... We're fast-tracking together. Yeah. Yes. Well, no. either or the other. It's like, yeah, like, <laughs> like we're either pregnant yeah. or... Yeah. <laughs> or it's over. <laughs> It's been 10 years and it's done. Right. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm wondering. I don't know. One thing I was thinking is I like that exercise of zooming out like five years, 10 years, whatever you want to say. Like, what would you say to yourself if Mm. you can like look back now Mm. and have the wisdom? What would you guys say to yourself if you were going through a breakup? Or like, would you have said to yourself at that time? What do you, I don't know. I don't know if that's even really a question that makes sense, but... I think it's a great prompt. Yeah. It's great yeah. to think about. Uh, it depends on the breakup. Mm. I mean, I think that we... I don't know. I don't know about you guys. I'm always thinking about, like, what is future me going to think yeah. of, like, what this right crazy now. person is doing? Like, what am I doing right now? Like, yeah. I remember... I have a good breakup story. Yeah. So... Uh, I lived in a, an apartment in Koreatown, and I lived right above Cassell's. It's a hamburger spot. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's all windows on one side, and I dated this guy. And they're great chips. Yeah, they're great. Mm. They soup, yeah. They're great. It's a great spot. <laughs> so, it's kind of my spot, because I lived right above it. And I dated this guy, and he lived far away. He lived, you know, in like mid-city or something. Far, far enough. Far, away. yeah. In LA. Right, 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 yeah. He didn't live in my neighborhood. And which is awesome, non-negotiable situation. No, not for me. I feel like that's a silly reason <laughs> not to be with someone. <laughs> <laughs> so we were like on and off. He was a narcissist. And um, we broke up. And I was walking my dog around the block, as one does. And I walk past this restaurant. And this asshole is sitting on a date <gasps> with someone else in my restaurant. Not below where in, you fucking live. Yes. In my restaurant, like underneath my apartment, oh, and my God. The I, I, so... I, the audacity of that man! I was so mad. Yeah, I was so mad, and so I did another lap. I was like, I have to. I did another lap. I was like, Come on, Bond, let's I, go. I like, what should I do? Should I go inside? Should what? I do anything? Yeah. Uh, and I was like, I can't. I can't possibly. Like, uh, oh my god. And then I was like trying to walk without being seen. It was like, oh my god, I crossed the street. But in that in that experience, which was so just like triggering and horrible, and I was just like about to cry, mm. and also just wanted to like break the windows of that yeah. restaurant and just like embarrass the shit out of him. I just remember being like, okay, but what are you gonna do? What are, are you going to look at this in three years? Mm. Like, are you going to yeah. be embarrassed about, 
Are you going to be like, great story, amazing cocktail party story to talk about how you went in and embarrassed someone at Casals and then you cried? Or are you going to be like, no, it was even better when I went home and then texted him, hope you liked your burger. Yes, bitch! <laughs> like, yes! next time you texted me or something. And I was like, okay, I feel like that's the one I got to do. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm going to, right now, what I really want to do is like, you know, poke a straw up his nostril and, like, punch yeah. him in the balls. But mm-hmm. I don't think that that's right. I think that, like, future me would like this story better. And... <laughs> future you definitely... Future... A better story. Like, he yeah. did cry when I confronted him. Did he really? <laughs> well, that's great. That's all you needed. Very sad. <laughs> that's all you... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a great breakup story. Yeah. Yeah. But... Future you. I just asking future you. Like, what are you? What are you gonna think about this? And I feel like it also gives you grace because if you ever think about like something embarrassing that you did, where you're just like, oh god, yeah. you know, like a cringe video of like, yeah. I can't believe I did that when I was 21 yeah. or 23. Yeah. I can't believe I drove past that guy's house like in my car and thought I was being yeah. sneaky or whatever. You also are kind of like, yeah, and I just, like, really needed to learn that. Like, I just need to, like, embarrass yeah. the shit out of myself. Yeah. I needed to get a little too drunk at that party. Or yeah. I needed to, like, yeah. you know, yeah. whatever. Need to happen. Ask that guy out there, person out wasn't into me and get rejected. Like, I just, it needed to happen. Mm-hmm. It's embarrassing, but, like, I learned from it. Yeah, I'm still, I think I still have some space for um, some embarrassing moments in this breakup. <laughs> <laughs> there's still some things I'm contemplating that may go down, like, real quick. Um, and future me may be proud about that. No, but I, that's a really great lens, I feel like, to think about things through because I don't do that at all. It's, I'm very much like present me right now is like beating myself up, you know? <laughs> like present me right now is like not, um, is wants to like just break, actually break this window. But that's literally why I've avoided driving past his house because I think I would, say would be some crazy to shit. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't go in that. Just avoid the route. Yeah, exactly. It's like having foods that you know are like the foods that you just can't not stop eating. Yeah, yeah. Like in your house, it's like it's maybe just yeah. I don't need the whole roll of I don't need the whole wheel of cheese. No, you know, cheese will do it to you. Cheese will do it, man. I'm a mouse all of a sudden. Cheese will do it. Love me some cheese. (laughs) Cereal for me. What about when? I feel like maybe this is a good segue. Like. Have you been in a situation or a relationship where you thought everything was fine, you thought it was great, and then as you step away from it, you realize it was actually super toxic or there was, like, a lot of stuff happening there that wasn't okay? Mm. And that you just, when you're in it, when you're in your bubble of your relationship, you're like, well, it's normal for him to talk or them to talk to me that way. Mm-hmm. And then you you maybe, like, don't tell your friends because it's a little embarrassing mm-hmm. or you don't tell your parents or whatever. You don't want everyone to think badly of your partner, especially if you like want to be with them. Mm-hmm. And then as you get away from it, you like start to maybe pull back those layers and be like, that was not cool. That was like mm-hmm. emotional abuse or mm-hmm. physical abuse or this was toxic. And mm-hmm. I like, I don't know. I kind of, not let it happen, but I, it happened. It happened to me. Mm-hmm. Does that happen to, happen to me? That was definitely yeah. the, this relationship for me. Yeah. There were definitely moments and spaces of, like, <clears throat> the ways in which he would communicate. Like, based on how he would describe, like, what he felt like I was doing to him. He would mm. always communicate it violently. Like, it would always mm-hmm. be like, well, if you're going to punch me in the face, if you're going to stab me in the back. Or he told me once when I 
got a hairstyle that he I knew he didn't like that like because of that like I would slit his throat like it, right. I would slit his throat like if his back was turned he's like I, you know I don't mean that literally like I'm like well then stop saying that like don't yeah. use that language because no, it's actually very violent just don't you yeah. can't those two you can't at all <laughs> those are not the same yeah and he didn't understand that and he kept kind of using that language and yet there would be real clear moments where when I would say something in a way like I said at one point that he was holding me emotionally hostage mm-hmm. and he literally told me don't say that you can't say that. Like that, you mm. can you find a different way to say that? I said, "Wow, the audacity!" Mm-hmm. I said, "You know what? Out of respect, I'll find a different way to explain that to you so you understand it." Mm-hmm. But that's but no, that's what I mean. Like no, that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. And so I think I just realized there was a level of like there was a dynamic in which I I just was I was out this I, the best way I can say it is there was a lot of emotional hostage. I was being held emotionally hostage hostage in that relationship for a lot of that experience I'm sorry I mean I didn't recognize it for what it was until closer to the end and even then I thought we could get through it and, and work it out and if I could get him to understand that that's what he was doing mm-hmm. and uh yeah that didn't, that didn't work out so that's uh-huh. that was what I discovered and that was really hard that was a really like kind of like you some one of y'all said like there I had an experience of like really beating myself up during that relationship I questioned everything like mm-hmm. about like you, myself you and my own intuition and hundred percent and I just thought I was the I was failing I was a horrible I knew I wasn't a bad girlfriend because I knew I was trying very yeah. hard I was yeah. in therapy I was like trying to go through all my behaviors and like mm-hmm. I knew I was trying but like it was nothing was ever really working like it was it would like if I felt like I would get momentum and then one thing would happen and I would trigger him again it was almost like we were back at square right. one yeah. and well, it was, was your re- partner also doing the work no well I didn't again I didn't it wasn't until coming out of it or like coming to the tail end that I was like wait a minute I'm I'm trying here. I'm actually I'm in therapy. I'm doing like I'm asking you about therapy. You refuse to go to therapy. You don't want to, you know, like and yeah, it was hard for me to see that. I think again because I internalized a lot of what happened in the beginning mm-hmm. whereas like he described he described himself very much in the relationship as like easy. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's like this is going to be so easy. You and I together is going to be so easy. Like we won't we'll hardly ever argue. And even that I didn't realize was a, a red flag. Cuz one, nobody should ever describe a relationship before yeah. going into it as easy. Yeah. And two, that's a lot to live up to. It's a lot yeah. to try to live up to. And that's what I tried to do. Yeah. And so every time I found myself not being easy like he was, uh-huh. right, I would just be I would just be like, fuck, why can't I be easy? Like, he's the easy one. It's right. not me, you right. know? And that right. wasn't the case. That wasn't at all what was happening. And he actually wasn't easy. So. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. There's also, like, this idea in wellness and spirituality that, like, it's 100% on you to do your work. Yeah. Like, if you're triggered... It's 100% on you. Yeah. Yeah. That is your problem. Yeah. You you just have to do the work more. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't think that's right. No, it's not. Yeah. It's absolutely 100%, not. 100%. Because what we just heard was you doing a lot of work and your yeah. partner not. And that's just, I'm not saying that he wasn't doing anything, but you were doing a lot and you weren't being met. So therefore, when you're growing and you're learning, yeah. this person can't vibrate with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just important for people who are listening. If you're in a situation and you're like doing all that you can, look at what your partner is doing and is it matching you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Because at a certain point, you will like energetically be on different pages. And I think that's what can create so much of the friction in a way like... It, it was actually when I was happier because I was doing work on myself to not actually put my self-worth dependent on 
the relationship. Mm-hmm. Once I was getting to that stage, that became a big problem for the relationship mm-hmm. because I was doing well on my own. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I was like, Oh, my self-worth really needs to come from me and my relationship to myself. Mm-hmm. But then that really didn't help the relationship because I wasn't codependent anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, and you both had created that dynamic with each created, other. So yeah. Basically he was like, oh, we don't match anymore. I'm not mm-hmm. getting what I used to get from you. Yeah. I can't get it anymore because, I, I wasn't there to be, like, that codependent in return. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's and one I of was the... hopeful that he would meet me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was hopeful that he would do the work, and, and that hope can kill you in a relationship. Ooh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> well, I think hope, hope can have can... you stay in it longer than you need to. That's or, what I mean. Yeah. Like, you think, you, you I hope think... someone will change. Yeah. You hope the relationship will change. You'll, you'll grow together, but it's like, hope, I, I think, is a tricky, mm. sneaky thing. Oof. I yeah. think that if you're blinded by hope, Right. That's when it does the, like, not so good things. Mm-hmm. But just keeping, like, your eye on hope, but also keeping your eye on, like, what's real. Reality. Yeah. 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 That's, That's tricky, true. though, because you said, like, you got to offer your partner grace and unconditional love. And it's mm-hmm. that, what's that, I think it's, like, what's that threshold moment, mm-hmm. you know? I'm reading this book. I think I mentioned it. Black and White Thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did I tell you guys about the piles? No. Okay, so, like... We as humans, we like to categorize things, right? Mm-hmm. And we like we like clear distinctions. Mm-hmm. But life is not clear. Distinctions are not clear. So imagine you have um, grains of sand or, or, or grains of rice. Mm-hmm. And you're putting rice into, like a couple grains of rice into a little pile. And then you put a couple more grains of rice into a medium-sized pile and then a bigger pile. Well, what is the distinction? How many grains of rice is the difference between a big pile, like the medium pile and the small pile? You probably wouldn't be able to say, mm-hmm. but you know what it looks like. Mm-hmm. You know when a pile has crossed over from the threshold of being small to mm-hmm. now being medium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And same thing from being medium to being large. Mm-hmm. But you couldn't say, well, it's 50 grains of rice more. Mm-hmm. And that's life, mm-hmm. right? We don't know it until we have a comparison. Like, we don't know what the threshold is. Yeah. So... Until we see it next to those other piles of rice. I I feel like a big turning point for me was being like, oh, that's what a healthy relationship looks like, like around me, seeing partners. And Mm. I was like, oh, that's such a different interaction. (laughs) And I was like, that is so foreign. Um, And then seeing it and being like, oh, that's possible. Yeah. That's a a thing that can happen. Yeah. Mm. Can I say something on that? At first, I want to say something about the unconditional love to your partner. Like, IDK about (laughs) unconditional love to your partner. I'm still, like, figuring that out. Mm -hmm. But I am figuring out unconditional love for myself. Mm -hmm. And I think if that is my energy and my partner's energy is Mm -hmm. unconditional love for themselves as well, Mm -hmm. then we're vibrating on that. And so we're constantly doing the work to love ourselves, Mm -hmm. which I think, because I I don't know about, like, loving you unconditionally. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. yet, I feel like that takes time and like a bunch of shit I don't know the thing about the healthy relationships Mm. is like I grew up not seeing healthy relationships but thinking it was normal Mm -hmm. and so like now that I am in a healthy relationship one of the thing that things that came with it is like self-worth do I deserve this level of love Mm -hmm. or like health because a I've never seen it b like it's a self-worth thing and self-love go hand in hand because it's like when you, I think that some relationships will mirror 
and right. show you and it right. just calls you higher to like be like okay not, let me I am worthy yeah. let me love myself more or let me give myself grace and not depend on you to do any of that work for me because this is my own thing but that's a part of healthy relationships mm-hmm. is do you think you're deserving mm-hmm. and worthy yeah and also what's like what are you repeating if if your mom's love was super mm-hmm. controlling and only met in certain ways like you're you're trained to think that is love mm-hmm. and seek it out and i know that's very common in talking about relationships but like but that's important it is really it's real really that's a, yeah because it, like, it plays a huge part because then you get to the point of being like wait i don't i see this pattern i don't want to repeat it but it's so like it's a lot of work to undo mm-hmm. well even if you actively are raging against it you often still create it right in a, just on the opposite end of the mm-hmm. spectrum right. ethan and i do couples therapy every mm-hmm. two weeks it was like one of my we need to do this mm-hmm. because we're getting married and we're going to have a kid mm-hmm. and like God willing. And I want things to be as smooth as possible when the shit inevitably does hit the fan. Mm-hmm. Cause like, you yeah. know, knock on wood, our life is smooth and simple and easy, but mm-hmm. like, it's not mm-hmm. like we already have things that we have to like, Ethan has brain cancer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we already have things that we need to worry about and we know are going to be problems. Mm-hmm. And we want our relationship to be so, so, so solid. When we do hit those inevitable speed bumps that it doesn't like break apart. Mm-hmm. That we like have yeah. some rebound, you know? Yeah. But so much of our therapy, there's nothing wrong, you know? We're not like yeah. fighting right. or something. Like yeah. it's small things like, yeah. oh, you know, I don't think about my tone. Because mm-hmm. it's just important for me to like say what I I need to like be heard. <laughs> you think it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. the opposite. Yeah. He's like tone is everything for him. Yeah. It doesn't matter what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And so we are like uh, we learned that from our parents, mm-hmm. and it's sure not bad. Is. It's just like how we learned to be seen and, and loved and communicated with. Mm-hmm. And we have different ways of communicating. communicating. And it doesn't mean either of us have to change. Mm-hmm. It just means that we I need to know like all right, Ethan doesn't really like hear what I'm saying he hears my tone Mm -hmm. and so I can say the exact same shit in a slightly different tone Mm -hmm. if I want to potentially get a different outcome from him Mm -hmm. and also he can know Michelle's got a fucking tone Mm -hmm. and that's just who she is exactly yeah Yeah. Yeah. and it's like a little man yeah, it's know? a little bit of both. 100%. <laughs> You're a radio and jazz athlete. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> no, I have to put on my, like, lady hat, you know? Okay. I feel like, to your point, what you were saying earlier, you know, about how, you know, oftentimes people are like, yo, if it's your trigger, like, you just got to deal with that. When you have entered into a partnership or relationship, there is a responsibility, because that's part of the commitment, I feel like, that mm-hmm. you make as a partner, right? And sharing space with somebody that intimately, that vulnerably... There is a bit of a commitment I feel like that you make that I'm I'm not going to change myself for you, but I love you and I respect you enough that how how you experience this relationship matters to me, right? Mm-hmm. So like because I know that you, tone is everything to you, right? right. I'm going to be more cognizant of right. my tone. Exactly. Because I love you exactly. and I don't want to be in conflict with you, you yeah. know? And because, you know, like and that keep, that just keeps going, keeps going, but I think that Yes, I think that, you know, that is what it is to be in a healthy relationship and not the like, because you could land on one side of that, right? You could land on the, well, he knows that like, that's just my tone and like, he shouldn't take it personally. And every time he does, that's the conflict. Why are you taking it personally when you know what it is? Well, you could take a moment, you know, you could change your tone. What, what, what is it? 
what's the effort to change your tone, you know? Mm-hmm. And then what does it show to make that effort, you know, right. um, for your partner? And so, yeah, I just... I feel like there is definitely, that was one thing, again, also to your point too, in terms of just being able to hold space for mm-hmm. having, having a safe space and for your partner mm-hmm. to feel like yeah. you're, you're holding space for their stuff. That's something that you actually have to like co- be cognizant of and like work at because you don't all, you don't know all of those things going into the relationship mm-hmm. either. Like even yeah. like knowing this person that I knew for five years when it actually came time for us to be in a relationship, I learned, I discovered so many things about what was important to him in a relationship, right? Like it, I just would have never known. So like those are conversations I feel like that have to happen. And mm-hmm. that's why I think couples therapy is so cheap. I think everybody yeah. should be in couples therapy, couples whether therapy you're married or not. Yeah. yeah. Also, I think if you endeavor to be together. Imagine, yeah. Sorry. No, please go. go. I was just thinking, imagine similar to like how to do your taxes and personal finance. Imagine if there was a class when sex ed started in Canada, I think it started in like grade five or six. Mm. Like imagine, I know that's not everywhere. Um, around then or grade seven or whatever, it was like how to be in relationship with another or how to communicate in partnership. We would be a different society. But that doesn't work for capitalism, though. That's true. Or religion. Oh! Which inherently is linked to capitalism because we're taught to be individuals or to have things within your household. We're not taught to how... Or to live within a power structure. Power structure, which puts the man at the top. Yeah. And so... Yeah, like, (laughs) exactly. So even in a public school system or whatever, like teaching financial literacy so that people don't get um, credit cards when they graduate. Or join the army instead of going to college because they can't afford to go to college. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not in people's, it's not in the best interest of like all people to educate them. And so it's not in best interest of the system. The system, yeah. The system. It's in the best interest of all people, but the system, yeah, doesn't. Because so much of what they we're don't saying, I'm like, it's all around like communication dynamics. Yeah. Like, especially it's different in romantic partnerships. And I think as a society, we're still trying to figure out like what does monogamy look like now? Because yeah. it's not an economic, like, it, the purpose isn't just for economics anymore. Mm-hmm. Not usually, but I just think that's so interesting to think about. Like, imagine we had learned this. Mm-hmm. even a little bit earlier yeah, yeah. I, I went to Catholic school and definitely grew up in like a traditional sort of community mm-hmm. but one of my teachers in high school had us read The Art of Loving by oh, Eric Fromm cool. mm. and it's actually very progressive and he, it was my English teacher wow. and he had us read it like alongside Romeo and Juliet and oh, you know Beowulf and all the other yeah, things you have to read really, yeah and I remember at the time being like, why are we reading this? Interesting. <laughs> like, it's yeah. not, like, literature. Yeah. It's yeah. a philosophy book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it what it has it totally shaped now, I recognize mm. now, like, how I view relationships mm. in love. Wow. And I think, like, for the better. Wow. Um, like, I think my life would have been a harder, a lot harder. My relationships would have been a lot harder if I hadn't have read that book. Mm-hmm. Not that I did everything perfectly, but... Um, yeah. It was really meaningful. Shout out to Michelle's English teacher. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Rhodes, if you're out there. Yeah, Mr. Rhodes. Thank Progressive, you. Progressive, Mr. Rhodes. I'm still out there teaching. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I was talking to my parents the other day, and my dad was about to say something, and my mom was like, Sh-. and I was like, okay, you gotta tell me what's going on. <laughs> yeah. And my dad was like, we're about to celebrate like our 41st anniversary. Oh. And my mom was like, oh, we just like, we don't talk about that I don't know whatever their issues are 
they don't celebrate it a lot. But I was like, okay, guys, what's your secret? Tell me. <laughs> and I ask them probably every year because they're pretty happily in love. Nice. Which is really That's sweet. Cool. That That's cool. That's really awesome. cool. But as kids, we never saw them fight. They were always like a unified front. Like mm. my, They would each be like, well, I have to speak to your mother. Well, I have to speak to your father. And it was so annoying because you could never pull them apart. Wow. We all tried. Wow. Always, you could never. I love it. They would never talk shit about each other. I love it. That's cool. You could that never get anything between them they would always be like we are united front yeah, first yeah. and then we'll talk to you about this later it was annoying i love it but i see how it worked and they were like oh you know like i think you just have to be really forgetful <laughs> yo i have heard this advice before when it comes to marriage and then they were like i don't know and i was like well do you still love each other and they were like of course we still love each other. And I was like, well, but are you in love? Mm. Like, are you really in love? And they're like, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And I was like, yeah, true. Like, we're obsessed with this idea of love that is based on, like, the Renaissance era that mm-hmm. does not... It's, like, romantic love that is not true partnership love. And they were just like, what does that even mean? Like, mm-hmm. who knows whatever that means. So maybe we are, maybe we're not, but we love each other. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know, just lots of patience, lots of forgetfulness, patience, hard conversations and that's it i love it <laughs> and they're just so and that's i was like easy. it's not that simple <laughs> yeah i feel like it's i feel like it's kind of like kids i remember i remember this one time i was babysitting this little boy and he got on my nerves and i pushed him no i remember oh. that you told i you were on the phone with me that day yeah so he really got on my nerves and I pushed him and then I realized that I pushed him and I was like oh my god sorry come here give me a hug and he was like okay and he came and gave me a hug and and then we went back to it and I was just like thinking if we had that childlikeness to us where we're easy to forgive because we recognize that the other person made a mistake they are sorry and we don't hold that against them yeah that's work but I feel like and that's how you go back at it yeah kind of with new eyes where you're just like okay I I still love you even though you pushed me Mm -hmm. just don't push me again yeah and then like you know Mm -hmm. so that's my take on forgetfulness it's just easy to forgive like Mm -hmm. I'm willing to forgive you Mm -hmm. as long as you don't do it again and that's the thing don't don't be like out here being a doormat but yeah no that's beautiful forgiveness Mm -hmm. is such a big part of it because otherwise then it turns into like resentment which is like Mm -hmm. so toxic yeah over time yeah, and forgiving yourself. Mm-hmm. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Oh my God, Jesus. Yeah. The whole thing that I'm learning from a relationship and just like, even like thinking about like breaking up and like, oh, break, this is good for me to like listen to all of the things about breaking up. But it's, I think there's something to be said about not being afraid mm-hmm. of breaking up. Yes. Which I'm still, I don't care if I'm even there yet, but I know I had like a few moments where I was like, oh no do this we're gonna break up and it was just like i think you have to lean into the abundance of what is as opposed to the scarcity of what isn't yep and that's just also linked to self-worth do you deserve to feel this happy but anyway taking that back and just being like no that's that like really hit me deep yeah for real yeah and knowing that if you break up, you'll be okay. Yeah. I and feel like the magic is like, yeah, when you don't ever think that again. When you never worry about, well, what if we break up? Where you're just like, you know, if we're meant to be together, we'll be together. Yeah. yeah. That part. Yeah. That trust. Yeah. And I think cause I, I, for some people, I'm sure it's not for everybody, but a lot of it lies in the just the fear of not 
finding that love, having yeah, that type of earth, even that, that idea again yeah. of love, you know, again, and yeah, being alone, you know, which again goes and falls in line with trusting yourself, but also just like having faith, right? That what is for you is for you. Mm-hmm. And also that I think that if we all desire something that we all have the ability to have that. 100%. I also think that one thing that I really learned that I'm very grateful for learning is that there's, I think, thousands of, of the ones for everybody out there. There are thousands. Like, yeah. you, they, yeah. there's not one person out there. You're yeah. more compatible yeah. than you realize. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it really comes down to choice. Mm-hmm. It really comes down to choice. Like, you could, you could choose any day to, like, step out of a commitment or stay in it. Mm-hmm. But to me, like, what I imagine, what I want for myself in a partnership and, like, a forever kind of partnership, and maybe it doesn't last forever. Maybe it lasts for a season, and that's the season that I get out of it. But it'd be cool to have one that lasts. Well, I guess it's eventually maybe one will last forever, right? Even if I, like, get into a relationship now and then divorce at 50, I might get married again at 60, and then I'll die. Um, not at 60, but, like, you know, I'll be in that relationship. Who knows? Whatever. Anyways, the point is, is yeah. that it really it really comes down to choice. It's like, I there I've met probably to be 100% honest in the last like two years probably like five guys that I would like legitimately consider like dating and like like there are moments where I realized we weren't compatible in some other way but like I could at any moment choose to be with those people right it really comes down to choice which Mm -hmm. is another reason why I feel like if you find yourself on the end of being broken up with (laughs) me 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 and Wallace (laughs) we're in the same boat I'm I'm sorry I'm sorry I didn't call you out (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm sorry I'm sorry it's like I'm going down you're going down it's me it's me um um, when you find yourself in that, it's like it may. If you can hold on to that perspective that there's so many out there, it it makes it easier. I feel like to let it go, right? Yeah. To not feel like, oh my god, like I, I screwed it up with the one, or like the like my one is gone, you know, yeah. like or I've messed I've messed something up. It's like no, that person just couldn't take all of you, and yes. the bet you know couldn't take all your goodness. Exactly. And that wasn't the person for you. So your find somebody who's gonna take your all your goodness. goodness. Exactly. Your one will see you. Exactly. So yeah, I just had to throw that out there because that's a real thing. That's very astute. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a real thing. Yeah, I agree. I think we're way more compatible than we think. Mm-hmm. There are lots of ones. Definitely. And I used to worry about having too high of standards. Mm-hmm. You know, of like. Of having my high standards be the thing that was, like, because I didn't trust myself pushing people away or, like, mm-hmm. pushing that potential, compat- like, perfectly compatible person away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that just, like, comes with work. Like, mm-hmm. I do see people do that. I have friends who, I'm like, there's nothing wrong with that yeah. person. Yeah. You're like, they're yeah. great. Yeah. But you just don't want to be with anyone right now. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. just admit it. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you're not ready for a relationship. Yeah. Or you don't want to be in a relationship. Or you want to be unhappy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's okay, too. Like, I've there's been years of my life where I'm like, I want to be sad. Mm-hmm. Just, like, let me be sad. Yeah. And yeah. that's okay. Yeah, 100%. Like, that's life, too. Mm-hmm. Life isn't just sunshine and rainbows and love. Mm-hmm. It's also, like, the depths. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Those are fun. Those that that's what makes the sunshine and rainbow and love like fun. Like, exactly. And I do. I relish sometimes in the depths of. It sometimes it's fun just to like be sad. Be sad. Yeah. Really, because like you, yeah. there's no obligation other than to be sad. Like you that's have great. You're yeah. Things. I love it. It's true. The full spectrum. <laughs> yeah. And you can cry to all the movies you want with no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's I mean, a great feeling. I feel like some of my best 
most, not best, but my most vivid memories are me in the depths of heartbreak. Mm, like, yeah. just, uh, yeah. you know, like really feeling like walking around the street, walking on the street in New York by myself. Yeah. Like, <laughs> listening to music, just like a single tear like coming down my face, like true in true Pisces fashion, just like... Oh, man. That's where all the drama lives, I feel like, in those in-betweens. There's so much drama in life in those times. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. And and arguably, that's often why we continue it, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, the drama's interesting. Just like, you know. I don't want to, I don't want interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want it. (laughs) Yeah. But you've had it. Believe it or not, but you've had it, though. You have had it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but exactly. Like, eventually... Your bullshit gets boring. Yeah. Like your drama you're gets boring. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Your stories get boring. Yeah, of course. And then you're like, okay. Yeah. And then there are new stories. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, the sun always does come back out. Something yeah. that I was thinking about was like the moon, because I'm like, I love the moon. I'm so obsessed with the moon right now. And props forever. Sorry. Um, and so <laughs> one of the things is if you look at the moon like it's a new moon to a full moon and then it goes right back to disappearing mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. But it's so consistent. Like the moon will always go, but it will always come. And mm-hmm. it's just phases. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's phases, but it's consistent. And even when you can't see the moon, the new moon, she's still there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cyclical. I think that's beautiful. Mm. I was just thinking that like when you're in a breakup, it's it's actually the worst. Like there's nothing worse than the feeling mm. of a breakup. Like it's so hard, but knowing that I just cuz I've been on the other side, like it always gets better and there's this sweet spot when you're like you take your power back and you're like, "Okay, I'm doing all the things that make me happy." I'm like usually taking care of myself well, Mm -hmm. like doing what makes me feel healthy and good. Mm -hmm. And you're just at this peak where you're like, I'm on my own, I'm doing my shit, I'm taking care of my shit, and I'm on top of the world. You feel over the breakup. And it's like, you're at this peak. But then it's like, what is preventing me from drawing some of that energy right now? Mm -hmm. And I think about that. Because it's like, we all have those moments where we're like, really taking care of ourselves well and like being kind to ourselves on Mm. different levels and you can feel it but it's just like you were saying with the phases of the moon like you know drama comes up something happens you get thrown off that and you go back through the cycle but I just even though I'm right in the thick of it right now I know what it feels like to be on the other side and if there's anyone going through that right now I just can tell you like you will get there it takes time but like the suck sucks mm-hmm. and that's just how it is but it's not forever like you said it's cyclical yeah. sometimes you gotta sit in it yeah you do yeah until you get tired of it yeah yeah you're on bullshit damn yeah I used to rip at the scab mm. in a breakup you know just like just to like get all the juice out of it mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like are these all the yeah. feelings yeah. left yeah. what else is there yeah. oh just more okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. just more of that okay. sometimes you have to know yeah. That. yeah 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 and then eventually you get tired of it and you're like mm-hmm. I don't want to look at their Instagram anymore yeah. I'm blocking them I don't want to text them anymore I don't want to like hang out in groups with this person anymore I'm mm-hmm. ready for like I'm ready to move on I don't want to feel like this yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and it goes away yeah. eventually but also, 
grief is indiscriminate. So like grief comes when it, when grief feels like it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I've said this before, but the first time I went through my grief, my first grief experience, someone told me that like, it's not, it's not like, oh, you're done with grief. Mm -hmm. It's like your life before and your life after. Mm -hmm. And you're all, you're never not grieving after that first grief. Mm -hmm. Like you're always in the process of grieving. It just feels Mm -hmm. different Mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel as severe you know, it was like right when it happens or six months or a year after it happens, but you're still grieving. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that like gave me a lot of permission to grieve old versions of me and old relationships mm-hmm. and old partnerships while still being really happy. Mm-hmm. And, and like, there's nothing wrong with me being like completely in love with the person I'm with now and also having grief over the things that weren't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, being able to hold both of those at once. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Because it all exists. I mean, the things that you experienced and the things that impacted you through that relationship stayed with you. through, And they exist mm-hmm. still even here within your relationship right. with Ethan. So yeah. in a way, it's all, it's like it's an honor, you know? Exactly. Truly, of like all of the things that you've picked up along the way. Because they were all for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they again, going back to the idea of intuition. And like, I really do think that you know, I have very little experience in this, but I, my, my, my intuition tells me that we do. I feel like even when we're, you know, with people that are not right for us and that could be for one reason or another, right? Like I could be with somebody who's totally wrong for me and my intuition is telling me that because I clearly need to figure that out, that that person is not the person I need to be with, you know, but, or it could be again, just a little thing of like, I need to learn how to trust my own communication skills. I need to learn how to uh, communicate the things that I need, you know, mm-hmm. and know that that's okay. I need to learn how to forgive myself when I do make mistakes because, mm-hmm. Jesus, Lord, I, yeah. I thought I could have told you. I would have told you beforehand that I was good at forgiving myself. Mm-hmm. This re- That relationship showed me just how little grace I can give myself during hard times. And mm-hmm. so I'm grateful to recognize that and um, give myself more of yeah space more grace should we do a lightning round of best breakup solutions or best thing you can do best thing you've done or can do during a breakup okay yeah i'll go last (laughs) let me think for a second i'll I'll tell you what i did (laughs) (laughs) okay why um okay uh for me the first thing i did was delete number block on instagram yep Upload that. E- immediately. Because I, I just couldn't put myself... I just did... I would I would have been the person trying to text and yep. doing picking a scab. And I knew I didn't want to pick a scab. It was going to make things worse. So deleted. And the next thing that I did, truly, honestly, was um, I set up a photo shoot for myself in San Francisco. It was the Fenty photo shoot that I did. Yeah. I knew that I was going to do that because I wanted to feel sexy and I wanted to feel ah. good. And I really did it because I knew he was still following me on Instagram. That's the only <laughs> truth. And I wanted him to see me feeling good. <laughs> and whether... and. At the end of the day, right, you don't want to do things for the other person. <laughs> um, but that did some, that helped me. It did make me feel good. I'm going to be honest. Every time I post something on Instagram yeah. and I feel good about myself and I feel sexy, it's like I take back, I do, I take back my power that I gave to him. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's that's been my go-to mm-hmm. right now is just feeling sexy on Instagram. Mm, nice. I love that. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I upvote the blocking mm-hmm. and I would block on Instagram personally. Um, you can always unblock, mm-hmm. but also traveling by yourself. Mm-hmm. Like I want, I think like creating new core memories is like yeah. really important. And even just like being sad in a beautiful place, mm-hmm. it's kind of cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's noteworthy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so those two things. Also starting a company. 
Yeah. That that's like one of the best things you can do on the wake of a breakup. Yeah. For real. Yeah. Like you got all this energy and like you need to be distracted. Mm-hmm. Also adopting a dog. Mm. or an animal mm. I think those things really help you get over it because mm-hmm. you're just like you're in something else and it, you just can't like dwell yeah yeah I I upvote all of those things um, but distraction for me yeah. of just like being not not even busy for the sake of busy but <laughs> Bonnie agrees <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Bunny's showed up like, yeah, bro, I feel you. I feel you ladies over there. I had um, one of my best friends was a saving grace during my breakup. And she was like, okay, so what's your schedule tomorrow? Let's make a schedule for you. Mm-hmm. Um, let's make sure you're jam-packed all day. Like, even if that's just having a Zoom call with me and watching a movie, like, we're going to schedule your day out um, with productive things. And a lot of that ended up also just being like really active for me. It's always like get outside as much as possible, move your body. Cause I process a lot through movement. Mm. So just like really, really moving my body, lean on your friends. Like people are there for you. Mm -hmm. I think like people really want to support you and like, you don't even know it sometimes and people show up. They do. It's true. Mm -hmm. I don't know. She's never been broken up with yeah. before. Yeah. We had it. <laughs> yeah. I think talking about it, well, it's to your point. Yeah. Just like fucking talk about it until you can't hear yourself talk about it anymore. And your friends will also tell you, dude, you gotta stop. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll rein you in. Yeah. Yeah. They absolutely will. Yeah. That to me was one of, that was a great piece of advice. I feel like once you were like, you could just talk about it until you're tired about it. Like, tired of it yourself. That, like, gave me permission, I feel like, mm. to talk about it more with people and, like, the details of, like, what was going on. Because mm. I think I just, like, I would say, that, you know, I'm going through a breakup, but I'd avoid the, the details. I was like, nobody wants to hear that. And also, like, why am I still going through it? Like, I need to let it go. Right. And, you yeah, know. there's a lot of self-judgment. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Kudos. That's a great mm-hmm. piece of advice. And, yes, distraction is everything. Mm-hmm. That really is. That helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Try yeah. to have healthy distractions. Exactly. Also. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Pick up the tarot. Yeah. yeah. Talk to your spirit guides. Yeah, make an archetype wheel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Join the cusp. Yeah. <laughs> Listen Sorry, to our podcast. Too far? Too far? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we uh, we did it. I think mm-hmm. we did it. Yeah. yeah this for is sure. good. Yeah, I think so. I think we could have a hundred more conversations about relationships and breakups. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, right. Yeah. What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> this is not a dating and relationships podcast. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for being here, team. Yay, Yay. happy to be here. Thanks, thanks for having for us. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the internet. Bye. Bye. And that's it. That's today's episode. Thanks so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed it. I know that it's a little bit different, you know, relationship stuff, but our interpersonal relationships are very important to our well-being and arguably, as I'm sure you've heard, the pathway to our own magic and to self-actualization. So they're important to talk about and love is fun. (laughs) Love is fun until it's not. Uh, Okay. So that's, that's the 12th house podcast today. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you and love you so much if you like this episode please share it on on insta on do people stay still say insta on ig on um in the group text in the grext um in in slack 
you know, just like share whatever you want. Send an email to your friends. And if you give us five stars and a review, that really, really does help us get found by more people. I know it sounds so stupid. We say it every week and you hear it all the time on other podcasts, but it's kind of annoying. It's really true. So um, we so appreciate if you've been listening to this and enjoying it, that you go ahead and smash that subscribe button, give us five stars and say what you love about the 12th house. This podcast is a labor of love and we love making it for you and we love hearing from you. So uh, let us know if it resonated. All right. That's all I have for you this week. I love you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.